Hello, hello, hello. My name is Bo Kazaza, and this recording is going to serve as my reflection for Module 21, Unit 4, Activity 3. It's the review and reflect of <coughs> case study analysis and learning across Unit or Module 21, rather. Um, so I will dive right in to my reflection. Uh, on this exercise regarding uh, accommodations for specific case studies. So uh, one thing that I noticed um, right off the bat when looking at uh, lesson plans and different um, case studies, I noticed that there uh, was sometimes a mismatch between the uh, lesson plan uh, material and the um, case study. So, for example, uh, for my particular lesson plan, I chose to uh, use a lesson, a math lesson for middle school, which dealt with negative integers, and specifically looked at addition problems and subtraction problems using negative integers in particular, uh, pairing a positive and a negative integer together, and then um, using a very concrete strategy with manipulatives to uh, to solve basic addition and subtraction problems using these two types of integers. So what I noticed is that in that lesson, uh, I adapted it for both a fourth grader and for a, <clears throat> a sixth grader um, in particular. I think both, uh, depending on the school, both students could be required to know the information. And so I felt that it was still relevant. Uh, it would generally be a stretch for a fourth grader. I wouldn't give, um, wouldn't introduce negative integers necessarily to a fourth grader unless um, they, had sh they had shown uh, that their thinking was flexible enough to accommodate it at the time. It might be an end of the year extension. Um, in order to prep for like a fifth grade or a transition into middle school specifically. Um, but thinking about this activity in general, um, I think one of the things that I found really helpful was looking at an already written lesson plan and looking at where I could add in accommodations or modification accommodations or modifications for the student. Uh, for both students in my caseload, uh, one had um, diagnosis of dyslexia, but neither had um, IEPs in particular. Um, and so all of my recommendations were said it were accommodations uh, that could have been part of any 504 plan. Um, and I like to think of the accommodations recommended as generally helpful for an entire class. Um, so to give an example of this, um, I recommended that the teacher use uh, visual representations when going through the guided practice, uh, including drawing an illustration to show the thinking of the problem. Um, I think this is going to be key for a lot of students as they move through that mathematical thinking, going from concrete to pictorial to abstract, right? Sometimes when we work with an older population, we forget that students still need to move through these fundamental stages of understanding with a new concept. Um, and oftentimes we sort of, we give them the concrete and then we move right to the abstract and we skip over the, the pictorial, thinking that it's, um, thinking that it's not applicable or that it's not necessarily useful so long as you 
uh, touch on the concrete. But I think what the pictorial does is it bridges the gap. And so <clears throat> looking at that, looking at that lesson plan, a lot of the strategies implemented from a general, from an overview perspective was to kind of bridge that gap in the learning and provide that pictorial, um, provide that pictorial instruction there to make sure that you're hitting all three. The teacher included uh, concrete using the checks mix, which is fantastic. Um, I think you could use this with, you know, red and black checker pieces as well, or, you know, white, you know, different colored uh, chess pieces or different colored markers. So long as you had two colors of, this, of a similar thing, you could do it. Uh, depending on the class, the individual class, I might choose to not use, uh, use a non-edible marker. Um, Specifically, I teach all boys, so using an edible marker could turn into a real disaster if some of them were to eat their markers um, before they had finished the problem set. So I think my uh, in looking at it, it was really kind of easy for me to see that like, oh, this lesson is missing. Uh, it's missing a pictorial representation. And uh, these two students in particular that I'm providing accommodations for would benefit from it. So I included as a as a strategy. It included demoing another strategy, possibly a number line to show the pic show the picture. Um, however, you could also draw using circles. You could draw your checks mix and you could, you know, cancel each other out and see how many you have left. Oh, I have negative two checks mix left. Or you could do um, you could do tic tac toes, you could do O's and X's. So any negative number could be an X and any positive number could be an O, right? And you could cancel them out. But looking at uh, someone else's lesson plan, I was able to kind of unpack it and see what would benefit these two students. Um, reviewing um, reviewing someone else's uh, case study analysis was interesting. Um, I thought that um, I thought that I saw a lot of great um, a lot of great accommodations as well. Um, Thinking in terms of uh, in terms of broad broad accommodations and also granular ones that were specific, I think it was interesting to read someone else's work because um, personally I tend to uh, I tend to focus on practical adjustments to reach um, you know abstract goals or uh, or rather intended goals, and so um, to see someone else think about accommodations that could be made from a general standpoint was interesting, right? To see them typed up that way. Um, and I think it was ultimately, it was, it was good to notice of like, okay, you know, I could also have done a similar thing with my own. Um, for example, I could have general, I could have uh, recommended specifically, you know, that the teacher includes some sort of illustration when working with this concept because it was new, right? Um, and they were going right from working with manipulators right to a worksheet. So it's like, you go know, straight from concrete, right, to abstract with the worksheet. So yeah, I could have, uh, I could have written of like understanding that big piece and having it in there was really the, the one general one that I had. Uh, I think I saw reviewing someone else's work. I also saw a lot of similar granular ones, right? Understanding the need for space when it's needed, understanding things like using nonverbal cues. Um, I think reviewing it's interesting to think about the reviewing someone else's work i think as a classroom teacher this is often the scenario that i'll be in in particular um for example at my current school right a student might have a learning profile which 
is based, which is uh, built using teacher observations over a number of years, a formal evaluation, either from um, an outside practitioner or our learning services department, and then also a specific uh, learning profile, which includes a set of accommodations and uh, accommodations that are necessary uh, for the student. And so I would say like as a classroom teacher, my goal, my idea would be to almost have that reviewer perspective and look at a lesson plan that already has modifications involved or look at a case study that already has uh, accommodations provided, a list of helpful accommodations provided, and then I would look to implement them in my own lesson plans or make sure that they're accounted for. Being an independent school teacher, I think this is an interesting um Interesting dichotomy between the public and uh, private schools. Um, I would say the school the school that I teach at being an independent school um, and not uh, specialized for stu for exceptional student or gifted students or students with learning differences or disabilities. Um, I think there's not much in terms of making modifications. I think that's an interesting. Um, it's an interesting difference between the public and the independent school system. Whereas in the independent school system, if you're at a general education school, that's an independent school um, and you're in need of modifications, I think um, there is an area there where a lot of times students that are in those particular needs uh, might be counseled out or might be referred to a different school that is better suited to see, to fit their individual needs. Um, so, for example, in the Bay Area, there are a couple of schools that um, work with students specifically who have a diagno uh, dyslexia diagnosis. And in order to attend those schools, you have to have a dyslexia diagnosis. And so a student at my school who had a dyslexia diagnosis and was in need of modifications because of the diagnosis would likely be asked or would likely be recommended to go to one of those schools. Um, as opposed to continue at the school that I'm in. Now, if their dyslexia was mild and it wasn't affecting their academics, right, and they were able to be accommodated, uh, then they would stay. And I have a few students uh, in my class right now who fall into this category where they are dyslexic, they have a diagnosis. However, their IQs and uh, their evaluation, it stated that they're uh, their high IQ uh, allows them to uh, almost not need, uh, they don't need any modification. Um, they're able to access the work with a, with a specific set of accommodations, which are given. Um, and so to that end, right there, once the accommodations are given there, uh, they continue in the general education classroom. I think, and this, I think, I think this is an interesting difference between public and private schools. Um, public schools have uh, it's almost a fiduciary responsibility, fiduciary responsibility uh, to provide that free and appropriate public education to all. And so they need to have um, the space to do that. Um, however, at an independent school, the education, the main difference is the education isn't free. Um, and so students apply and are accepted based on a number of factors, one of them being um, financial 
ability and learning need. Uh, those are two individual factors. And so <clears throat> to that end, I think when a student is in need of modifications or when a curriculum needs to be modified for them, right? Um, that is more an indicator of uh, that the student and the school are not a good fit. Um, and this is an interesting conversation to have. Um, personally, I have not yet had to have it in my career. Um, I have colleagues who have had to have it, and it's usually one that comes from administration. The classroom teacher might be present um, when the conversation happens, but it's usually one that's handled by an administrator. Um, and to that end, usually, like to give an example, a student uh, that was recently in first grade at my school and was uh, counseled out to use a term, um, what attended a school for uh, dyslexic uh, students called Charles Armstrong in the Bay Area. Um, and they were specifically referred by my head of school to that school. And so they were connected and they were allowed, they were able to make a transfer uh, very quickly and kind of bypass the admissions process at that school, um, the standard one, and just kind of like take the, uh, take the evaluation that had already been done take the recommendation from the school that I'm at and they were able to just uh, step right over into an enrollment there. Um, and so I think that's an interesting difference between public and private. It's almost um, <clears throat> in the private sector, uh, like with higher education in the United States, frankly, when you, when you get to the point of needing modifications or rather having that IEP, um, sometimes uh, if it's in case if it's a case where the institution needs to change its standard uh, they will oftentimes um, ask a student to um, in fact look, move to a different institution or move to a different um, uh, or uh, discontinue attending the institution Right, that seems to be where the line is. Altogether, I thought this exercise was a great exercise. Um, really helpful in terms of looking at the different perspectives, the different ways that these sort of that students can be accommodated for, and the different um, different perspectives that each individual has when they kind of come to uh, come to a lesson plan or come to a set of accommodations for a student. One thing that I'm not able to include here in this reflection, and I'll name it right now, it's at about the 1455 mark here. Uh, <clears throat> right now, currently, I haven't had anyone review my lesson or my <clears throat> case study analysis. So I cannot offer uh, any reflection on um, to that end on any uh, on any resources given or strategies or critiques made. Um <clears throat> If that's possible, I can certainly add to this reflection after reviewing. If my case study is not one that's necessarily reviewed, then uh, no worries. I think I've still gotten plenty out of this exercise. Um, thank you, Dr. Beal. Uh, apologize about the length. I think we're at about 15 and a half minutes here. Thank you and have a great day.